0: The sermon preached at St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, a member of the Wells, on July 6, 2014, based on Romans 5, verses 6 through 11. Please stand. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God, through which the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith in Jesus, is Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 11, the appointed second lesson for this Sunday after Pentecost. You find it on the back of the bulletin. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. How much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints, in the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, politicians like to talk about hope. Though when you think about it, it usually doesn't even take a full term in office before our hopes in them are disappointed. We just celebrated the birthday of our country, July 4th. And then we not only looked back at the history of our nation, we also look forward with hopes for our country. Now, some of those hopes may actually turn out okay, We also know that many of those hopes will disappoint. Hopes can be a a slippery kind of thing, can't they? Politicians like hope because hope is for tomorrow. They want you to vote for them today based on what you hope they'll do tomorrow. But does tomorrow ever really get here? Hopes can string a person along with empty promises always waiting for something better, always disappointed in the end. And yet, a life without hope is dreary drudgery. Oh, to give up on hope might mean no more disappointments, but what a depressing life that would be. We need hope. We don't need the kind of hope that comes from politicians' promises. Not even the hope that comes from our own dreams for our country, our community, or our family. We need the hope that does not disappoint. The hope that shines sure and certain no matter how dark tomorrow is. The hope that stands firm on the rock-solid foundation that no storm can top. the verse right before our text. The Apostle Paul speaks of this hope. He writes, hope does not disappoint us. What a different kind of hope that is. What makes this hope so sure and certain? What is its rock solid foundation? Well, in that same verse, Paul tells us, hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts. God's love for us. That's what makes hope sure, certain, and rock solid. And not just any kind of hope. God's love for us in Christ is what assures us of salvation. And what greater hope could there be? God's love assures us of salvation. But even as we think about that theme here today, that itself raises a question, doesn't it? How can we be sure of God's love? And that's what the text today answers for you and me. How can we be sure of God's love? Now, Paul directs our eyes back. He says, look to when Christ died for you. That's the first part we want to look at here today. And then, seeing that, how could we doubt what God's love will do for us, no matter what may come in the future? That's the second part. And as we take to heart this word of God before us, how the Holy Spirit works in us so that God's love assures us of our salvation. Part one. Look at when Christ died for us. And the key phrase to focus on here are these five words. Christ died for the ungodly. What a different kind of love that is, isn't it? How amazing that love is! So different from human love. Very rarely will anyone die for a law abiding citizen. We're not talking about some ungodly person, but very rarely will someone die for a godly person, for a a, 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 a law-abiding citizen, someone who is right in the eyes of the law, the the righteous person referred to. And even when we hear news accounts of, of someone who died trying to rescue a stranger from a burning building or from drowning, if you think about it, they didn't go into that situation intending to die, did they? They were hoping to rescue this person and come out alive themselves. So not not to downplay their their love and their heroics there, yet we see that that, that's not quite the same thing, is it? Now, maybe someone perhaps would intentionally lay down their life, would intentionally die for someone else if that person has been good to them, someone that they, they know well and are close to. And here we might think of a a soldier throwing himself on a grenade, knowing he will die in order to save his body. But those are the highest examples of human love we might think of. But how much greater God's love is. Christ died for the ungodly. And that's what you and I were. Notice it doesn't say Christ died for those who would try to do better or those who would do their duty eventually or those who would someday come to faith. Christ died for the ungodly, those who had nothing good in them. And this really confronts you and me, doesn't it? Because there's a part of us that wants to imagine, okay, I wasn't perfect, but I wasn't ungodly, was I? I wasn't like a lot of those people out there. Think of those five words again. Christ died for the ungodly. If we want to claim that we weren't so bad, then we're denying that Christ died for us. Because he died, not for the good people, but for the ungodly. He died for you and me. What love! Notice the other words that Paul uses to describe what we were. He describes it as powerless. He describes us as sinners, as God's enemies. That's what we were when Christ died for us. We were powerless to come to God, powerless to believe in Jesus because sin Made us spiritually dead. Our sin separated us from God. The sinful mind is hostile to God, and so we counted him as our enemy. That's what we were when Christ died for us. Our conscience knew that we deserved God's punishment, for we had failed to meet his standards. Rather than own up, we wanted to hide our sinfulness. We wanted to hide in the darkness so that we could pretend that we weren't all that bad of a people. We did not want the light to expose us. And so we hated God. We counted Him as our enemy. Yes, that's what we were. We were godless when Christ died. And so what great good news those five words are. Christ died for the ungodly. He died for you and me. What love! The Father could see our hearts. He knew just how ungodly we were better than we know. And yet, He did not spare His own Son. But He sent His Son on the mission to do the saving work of the Christ, the Messiah. And Jesus willingly took up that mission, even though he he knew full well what it would cost him. But he willingly laid down his life for the ungodly, for you and for me. Yes, look at when Christ died for us. He died for us while we were still ungodly sinners, while we were still his enemies. How astounding that love is. And what hope that love now brings us as we look to the future. For when we see just how great God's love for us was when we were still his enemies, How could we doubt what his love will do for us now and in the future? And that brings us to the second part here. How God's love assures us of salvation. And and Paul makes two closely related statements that that are uh, interconnected with a slightly different picture. First of all, he takes us into God's courtroom when he writes... Since we have now been justified by his blood, the judge has already declared you not guilty. He has acquitted you and me. That's what justify means. But this verdict doesn't come or is not based on our innocence. as, As we've already talked about, we were ungodly when God made this verdict. Rather, the verdict is based on Jesus. We are justified by His blood. Only the blood of Christ has paid the penalty you and I rightly deserve. And so on the basis of that blood, on the basis of the sacrifice that Jesus made for you, God has justified us. He has declared us not guilty, acquitted us. Now, that's what he did while we were still ungodly, like we talked about in the first part. Now that we have been justified, now that he has changed our status so that he no longer counts us as sinners, but through faith in Jesus Christ, he counts us as, as forgiven, redeemed saints. How? Could we doubt what his love will do for us? Or as Paul puts it here, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Yes, the last day, judgment day, is coming. And on that day, God's wrath against each and every sinner will be fully revealed. But we can face that day not with terror, but with hope and joy because you have already been justified. And that means God no longer counts you and me as a sinner, but he counts us as his own dear people, bought with the blood of Jesus Christ. Through him we are saved from the coming wrath. What a great hope lies ahead of us. God's love assures us of salvation. How could we doubt what his love will do for us? And just to bring this point home all the more, Paul repeats it with a similar picture when he goes on in the next verse and says, For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son. So once again, he takes us to that time when Christ died for us. He says, look at what happened when we were God's enemies when we were fighting against Him, God actually reconciled us to Him. That's how great His love is. He reconciled us. He made us His friends. Because He gave His Son into death in order to bring peace. And having declared peace, He brought that peace to our hearts through baptism and his word so that we believe this message of reconciliation, this message of peace with God through the death of Jesus Christ. Yes, that's what he did while we were still his enemies. And so now, now that through faith in Jesus you are reconciled to God, now that you are his friend, and yes, even more than a friend, now that you are his reconciled child, what won't the living Jesus do for us? So that no matter what may come, we know that our Savior lives and we too will live with him. For his life saves us. He will raise us from the dead just as he has risen from the dead. You see how Paul twice here makes that argument that, 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 that uh, from, from the le- uh, greater to the lesser, look at how great God's love was while we were still godless sinners, while we were still his enemies, he he, he reconciled us, he justified us. How much more can't we count on his love now that we are justified, forgiven, reconciled children of God? Yes, dear friends, what joy that brings us, what hope as we look to the future, we boast of God's love in Christ Jesus. But how often don't we fail to live this out? We complain as if God's love came up short for us. We worry about the future or face it with apprehension and fears as if God's love might fail us. We cherish a pet sin as if God's love were not enough to make us happy. We run after the things of this world and God's love becomes secondary after our earthly business. Hardships, losses, disappointments and failures in life tempt us to doubt God's love, leaving us disheartened. And what's the solution to that? just as on July 4th we look back at the sacrifices our founding fathers and others through the years have made to secure and keep our freedom. Look back at the sacrifice God's Son made for you, dear friends. And know God's great love. While we were still godless sinners, He died for you then that gives us all the more reason to look ahead with hope. The hope that is built on Jesus Christ, that sure and certain hope. Not the hope of politicians promises, not the hope of our own dreams for a better tomorrow but the hope of salvation in Christ Jesus, the hope of heaven and its glory. How could we doubt what God's love will do for us as we cherish, treasure, and remember what His love has already done for us. God's love assures us of salvation. What hope that brings. Amen. Please stand.